When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sideline Summit. I'm Antonio Perez, joined as always by Danny Cole, DC, UPenn's finest, Chris Coacher, CB Coacher Boy. We have a super stacked episode for you guys today. Of course, we are on the horizon of championship weekend in the NFL. Chris's Baltimore Ravens are going to take on the big dogs in the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs. Brock Purdy and his 49ers are going to host Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions. Uh, what a good story on both sides. But and, and of course, we're going to talk about you know what's next for the, the teams that did lose in the divisional round. Bills, Bucks, not really so much for the Packers, Texans. I think they're in a good spot. We'll, we'll still give them their flowers later on, though. But NBA Weekly is packed. We got Terry Rozier to the Miami Heat. You got Tristan Thompson suspended for taking drugs for no reason. We have... Adrian Griffin fired and Doc Rivers most likely being the replacement. We have so much to talk about, but of course it would be illegal if we started and didn't start with summits plummets. Danny, get us squared off. Yeah. My plummet of the week is that Brock Purdy won a playoff game again. Um, He didn't deserve to win. Uh, He showed that when Debo is out the game, he's not, he's not legit. Uh, and they had to lean on Christian McCaffrey to just take over, and it took him till down the stretch to take over. And he, when he took over, they won the game, but they got lucky, and luck doesn't prevail in the playoffs. Eventually, eventually, luck will not prevail, and I think it's just uh, luck isn't going to prevail eventually. So, I think the Niners' luck runs dry, just like the Bengals did in the regular season, and uh, the Niners are my new Bengals. So that's my uh, that's my plummet of the week. Um, is that the Niners got lucky? My summit. I, would, I couldn't. I would no. say I couldn't. No, go ahead. Go I'll, ahead. I'll, I'll go let ahead. you go. I'll let you go. I could not disagree bad. more. I could not disagree more with you. The Niners are a team that when they've won this year, it has been by whooping someone's ass, and now finally someone punches them in the mouth. They get a gritty win, and now it's luck. Look, man, look, if if you can't beat the 49ers in the state that they were in, like if you did not – they missed the kick. You did not put the final nail in them. You gave them one more shot. And don't tell me that throw – who was it even to? I don't even know the dude's name. To Jennings? Chris, Con- Chris Conley, that throw oh, to okay. Jennings was nails. That corner throw to Chris Conley was nails. Dude. I go all right. Christian McCaffrey deserves 100% the most credit for that that win. He was awesome. Um, but I mean that's pure hater stuff. Look, Brock Purdy. Look, he he satisfied everybody. It wasn't a great game. He led a game winning drive. Niners fans happy. Haters are happy. But to say that they got lucky and luck doesn't prevail, luck is all about it in the, in the NFL playoffs. You think you can just beat three championship caliber teams back to back to back with with just straight skill? It doesn't work that way. Um, 
but I know you have an agenda to push and maintaining the agenda is 100% top priority. Uh, I just want to say, I, I disagree. I, I see where you're coming from, but I, I just want to say I disagree, but uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut off your summit. That was, that was yeah. wrong. You're good. The agenda will continue to be pushed. Just like the agenda about my favorite player, Joel Embiid, who dropped 70 points last night. That's his summer of the week. He's historic. I was at the game, him versus Wemby. Uh, I've never seen someone get double teamed every single play and drop 70 points, but now I have. Uh, he's the most, he is the TJ Watt of the NBA. He's unreal. Don't ever disrespect Joel Embiid like that ever again. <laughs> Joel Embiid is a lot more, a lot more, a lot more to his sport than TJ Watt is, I, I will say. Are you, you know sure? You know who Joel Embiid is? You know who Joel Embiid is? Miles Garrett. Lamar Lamar Jackson. Oof. About to be a two time MVP. But they got some they had some playoff demons to, to And they got hurt rest. a lot. And you and they got hurt in the playoffs, which whether you want to put that up to them not them not performing well in the playoffs or them being hurt in the playoffs, that's kinda of up to you. But I think that was a really good comparison because a lot of people said Embiid was Dak. And I'm like, no way. Like Embiid is is way because they're considering the playoff drop, which I I can see if you think the Cowboys are a lot like the Sixers, but Embiid is not like Dak. Like, look, I'm, I think fairly of Dak. Um, I think some new scenery will help him, but like Joel Embiid is like all time, man. Like, Hey, 70, 15 and five. I could get behind that. If CD lamb is Tyrese Maxey. No, no, yeah, no, nah. it's not, nah, not even close. Um, no, dude, CD's C- 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 like top three receiver in the NFL, it's not, and it's not a debate, yeah. But w- w- we're gonna talk about Joel's 70 point game for sure. Uh, Chris, we can we can shuffle on over to you for the summit and plummet. Um, I have a <clears throat> so my plummet is like a half, half and half plummet, but it's 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 gonna equal to one so. Half my plum is that I'm going to the Mavs versus Suns game tomorrow. Yes, sir. And Luca, Luca, Kyrie, KD, Brad Bill, Andy Book are all questionable. So oh. I, I just hope right. two of the three, two out of five of them play at the very least. KD <laughs> gonna play. KD gonna play. Book gonna play. Bill's definitely not playing. Oh, Bill's not. I don't think he even wants to play basketball. Luca might play. If if Book plays, Luca's gonna play. And then. Kyrie, Kyrie might figure it out. I don't know. But that's like half my plummet for that. And the other half of my plummet is I kind of got happy today when I seen Coach fired. But then I got sad when I saw it was Adrian Griffin and not Darvin Ham. So that's another part of my plummet because I, th- I, I thought I was almost there. I was so close. I was like, ooh, Coach fired. Yes. Wrong black coach, unfortunately. <laughs> so sorry, Adrian Griffin. L firing for you. Um, so that's my plummet. Um Oh, my summit is that uh, moving to my new place this week uh, with my lady. So that's going to be cool uh, on thir- well, technically start starting today, really, but then kind of going through like through the weekend. So excited about that. I'm uh, excited to start some new moving to uh, probably about like eight minutes from where I live right now, but it's a whole different city technically. So just uh, looking forward to that. So, yeah, that's my summit, my plumbing. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. Um, I would say summit for me. Um. Celtics got a win, huge win last night against the Mavericks. Um, Tatum played phenomenal. Should have he should have walked out of there with a forty ball, and he missed four three thro- uh, free throws. But 39, 11, and five, good efficiency. Can't hate it. Um, Jalen Brown, look while while Joel Embiid dropped seventy, Jalen Brown dropped seventy seven. Put him on his ass, and that's why Luca don't defend. But um, and, and Luca, uh, I mean Luca's the only dude, man. 
yo, like 33-point monstrous triple-double. And Celtics fans were like, oh, but but look, at he went 12 for 30. I'm like, look, as Celtics fans, the last – y'all, you those who live in glass houses don't throw stones. I know y'all been watching Jason Tatum for the last week. I know y'all see my boy putting up tour dates. Let's please not do that. Um, but, yo, Tatum, Brown, they combined for like 73. Huge win. Jason Tatum, at the end of the first quarter, little broed Grant Williams in the most like – like Grant Williams was trying to mess around, like throw up a, a half court. I mean, get that shit out of here. Lil broed him insanely. And, and Tatum was just getting whatever he wanted. And I think what I liked the most about last night, just – Realizing he's 6'8", 6'9", 225. You know, probably the best place to score on the court. Probably around the rim, I would say. Uh, and he wasn't just chucking threes. I mean, when his threes are falling, look, that, that dude's there's not many guys better than him in the association, if any, when his shot is falling. But it's almost so rare at this point that, you know, you might want to put it away. Uh and then I really don't have a plumber. I mean, NBA yesterday was insanity. It was so insane. I bet you didn't know Harrison Barnes dropped 32 last night. I bet Mike you know. the first half, by the way. <laughs> and then Cat had 44 at the half, finished with 62. And the craziest thing about that, he's the reason they lost. That is they the most. feeding him, bum. What'd you say? They were feeding that bum. He was just jacking. He was just. He wasn't playing defense. He was just trying to put up whatever shots. Could never be Embiid. Embiid, Yo, Embiid I, methodically gets his buckets. I'm telling you one thing, though. Sixers fans, craziest thing I've ever heard. They were like, fuck the offense, feed Embiid, let's get him 80. Dude, I mean, here's the thing, though. Embiid, you feed him on the post, that's efficient O. Like, that's good O. What's not good O is Cat trying to ISO step back three. Seven foot, man. Go get on that post, please. Who Look, I love Mark Williams. That's that's their option down there, man. Like, they don't Yo, really I, got uh, a lot of options for you down there. I showed my girlfriend the video where he's like, for sure. She's like, he's gay. <laughs> oh, yeah, for, <laughs> and for what? For sure. <laughs> Nah, cat definitely he's definitely big per. But we can we can shuffle this right on into our actual NBA discussion. What should we even start with? Should we start with Let's start um, with uh Kevin Durant. Or Celtics legend Durant. Tristan Thompson. I mean, I would say if we want to start with Tristan Thompson, that's just gonna be right out the way. Um I'm gonna look up how many minutes per game is he even Two? Playing to like wait 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 like we all guess a number I I guess two and a half My two and a half 11. minutes a game I guess, I'll say I guess like 11. I don't know I haven't been like eyeballing the Cavs per se um, I think it's like eleven or twelve something like that. that's my thought okay let's oh see all right, he's averaging 12, yeah, twelve minutes 12. a game right. twelve minutes a game and you know what that's probably inflate no that's probably inflated because Mobley's out. It is. That's why I said that. So, because I picked him up in fantasy for a while because he was playing like 25, 30 minutes a game. So I knew it was super inflated. I knew it was close to 12, though, because he was playing like a minute or two before that. So, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know how much this really affects the Cavs, to be quite honest. I mean, there's some rotational bigs on the market. Moses I mean, Brown. That's my guy. He gets Mo- Moses Brown. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was a, a he was a Celtic legend for like three days, and then we traded him again. Moses Brown. 
a, a rotational guy who's, who's out there. Um, if they're uh, see, because I don't want to say go trade for Clint Capella because the contract's a little too big for like only needing him until Mobley's back. Um, I would say, and Olenek. it kind of doesn't give you a lot of diversity. I'll say Olenek. Um, Olenek's the option to look. Kelly at Olenek can stretch the floor, can play with yeah. both Allen and Mobley. and Mobley. That's actually yeah. a great one. I would love to see them reach out for. I would love to see them reach out for Olenek. I think he translates to the playoffs very well. Game yeah. seven legend. And one more um, thing, one more person mm-hmm. too. If if the Pistons are up for it, just to take a flyer on them for the rest of the year, you can swap a Coral and Wiseman because they're looking for a wing and you need a backup big for the year. You can just swap. Yeah, they, they make the same amount of money. I think it's like both are like nine million this year. I think you could do that. Those, those I think I'm looking at. I think a Coro, as much as he's like a, a real, I mean, and this is being generous, real streaky shooter. I, I think his game translates to the playoffs a little better than Wiseman's because, like, you're all right. Like, you're already struggling to find, you know, a better shot diet in your bigs rotation so um they're on pace if the playoffs were to start right now i'm pretty sure they're playing the knicks again and that would be just so awesome it'd be so awesome i mean donovan mitchell there hasn't really been you you can't name three guards who have been better than him in the last 10 games i mean he's been balling uh you could probably say like shay luca in the conversation stopped um he's been playing really well uh but i mean like tristan thompson um he 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 been cheating the game his whole career, bro. This is nothing new. He been he been cheating the game since. If you don't ball like him or Kobe, promise that bitch gonna leave you. Almost what got Tristan single. But enough about Tristan Thompson. We're wasting our time. Let's get what what would we to say is that what let's let's go with what our day started with Terry Rozier going to the Miami Heat for Kyle Lowry and a twenty twenty seven protected first round pick let's start with Miami they're the contenders in this situation they got a a bucket they got a dog um I think they got a guy who really fits heat culture but I was real interested to see what Chris thought about this one because also a big Terry Rozier fan and you know I I'm really interested to see what you think about his fit on the team because me personally I'm thinking about I'm like okay I think he fits alongside Jimmy well I don't think you could really play him and Hero together a lot because they're kind of have the same skill set, kind of provides you the same things um, defensively. I mean, T. Rowe, his effort is obviously going to step up uh, uh, under Spolstra. Um, I, yeah, I'll, I'll just let you have it. What do you, what do we think about this uh, Lowry Rozier swap? Yeah, <clears throat> I got some gas for you. I know. So I, I've been saying for a while I think Rozier would be a great fit on the Heat for a bunch of reasons. And I think it's mainly just because of the scoring punch, obviously, because he can go get you 20 points. But I think what you said is like, I think I, I, I think the opposite. I think you can play with Tyler, and this is the reason why. When Bam is your center of offense, you can play two scoring guards together because the, the hub is him, kind of like Sabonis. That's why Monk and Fox work very well together because Sabonis is the hub. The handoffs and everything, even the passes down low, the pass kickouts, that all starts there. And then you can also have – Jimmy's a point forward at the end of the day. He's forced to score more in Miami because he has to. But now you can put him in a role with the ball's in Jimmy's hands now. So at the end of the shot clock, if it's four seconds left, instead of it's Lowry chucking up a three or Gabe Vincent from years past, it's Jimmy with it now. So now you can play bigger with a – well, technically bigger. T-Rose like 6'2 at best. But you can go Jimmy, Tyler, Terry, Bam, and whoever else at the four. You can put another shooter out there. You can put a real defender out there because you Kevin have more offense. You know what I'm Kevin saying? Like I think it there. gives him just more – 
more options to close a game, to throw at somebody. And at the end of the day, they needed more firepower. And for them only to lose Lowry in a, a protected pick down, which they weren't bringing Lowry back, especially not at that number or a number close to it, I think it's a win-win. And you still stay in the sweepstakes for a bigger player. I think t Rose done. I think his extension is over in two years, not including this one, something like that. So I think you still big fish hunt because at that point when t Rose up, Jimmy's around being up and almost Bam and Tyler too. So you can – you can really like go and reassess at that point. So I think it was a, a win-win for them and a good one for the Hornets too. At the end of the day, you move off of Rozier's contract. For some reason, they love playing Brandon Miller at the two. I thought he was going to be a three, but him at the two was good. Maybe it's better alongside LaMelo. And I think that'll help Terry Rozier too. LaMelo, I mean, Terry played with the ball dominant guard like LaMelo. He's played off him and still been able to get his 20 points. Now it's going to be in an offense where it's more free-flowing, more, uh, more team-oriented to where – he can step up and be the number one scorer on nights where Jimmy and Tyler's not going or if Jimmy's sitting or Tyler's sitting. You know, it's like I said, it gives them way more options, and I think it gives you just a proven score again. Like they have their rotational guys, their undrafted guys who go and give them great minutes all the time, and that's what they're going to continue to do. But now you have a, a proven guy outside of Tyler and Jimmy who can go get you a bucket when it gets crunch time. So, yeah, that's yeah. my I, – I think you kind of sold me a little bit on that potential Rozier hero lineup. Um. I, I definitely um, – I agree with, like, what we kind of said, you know, why DeJounte would be a good fit in Miami or why Trey would be a good fit in Miami. It's just like, you know, instead of, you know, Jimmy, please save us. Look, yo, Terry Rozier knows clutch moments. In his third year in the league, hit a game – he hit a clutch shot. I'll just put it that way. Hit a clutch shot in the playoffs – Against a Bucks team with a you know up and coming Giannis, um, you can ask any Sixers fan firsthand. Gave them nightmares in the second round. Um, didn't show up too much against the Cavs, but uh, and yeah, I mean he's got playoff DNA. He's got experience of being the go-to scorer, but he's also got experience of trying to fit within a system. And I think with with Spolsch, that'll be huge. Now the question I have for Danny actually is. The upper echelon of the Eastern Conference right now is Celtics, Bucks, Sixers. Those are your top dogs. Celtics mainly because they have the best starting five in basketball. They have Jason Tatum, who is a 1B, maybe 1C superstar. Bucks have Giannis, arguably the best player in the world, with Dame, who's a fringe top 10 player in the NBA. And then Sixers have arguably the most, again, arguably the best player in the world, MVP right now. But the thing with the Heat, why you never can count them out, obviously you know how they come playoff time. Um, and it sounds silly asking, is Terry Rozier put them in that tier? Danny, I want your opinion. Do you think adding Terry Rozier and having him instead of Kyle Lowry makes Miami a real threat to those top-tier teams? It doesn't make them a, a real threat, but it makes them a semi-threat. Um, What's the best team I, they could beat in a series? The Cavs, Heat, Knicks. Okay. So you think they're like, so we have our top tier and then we, they're like that. They're still in that mid tier of like them, Cavs, Knicks. Yeah. Legitimately the heat could, they could be anybody in the playoffs just because we've seen them do it before. But yeah. if we're talking about skill for skill, I think they're in that Knicks, Knicks Cavs range. Yeah. I think, I think I would agree. And that's the weird thing about the heat. Cause I don't want to like say that. And then it comes back to bite me in the ass. I'm like, Oh, look here. They did it again. Eastern conference finals pushing a game seven with the best starting five we've seen since the Golden State Warriors in the late 2010s. But 
You know, that, that I feel the same way. I mean, talent-wise, I think they are mid-tier. But when you have a coach, when you got dogs, when you have guys who are going to step up and do their job, um, I would say I trust them in a, in a playoff series against anybody. Not saying I necessarily pick them against anybody, but, you know, they're going to scrap for sure. Um, and then the next biggest news outside of the Terry Rozier one, Adrian Griffin let go after 43 games. The Bucks were um, the second seed in the East under Adrian Griffin. Uh, but it seems like they have decided to let him go. I think a lar- large part of this was people thinking maybe he just does not have the players trust. The players are not big fans of him. And that the defense has not been there for a team that has, you know, Giannis on, on, on defense. Um, you know, your defense shouldn't be this bad. And I, I, people think it's a lot of a, a system thing. I personally think it's just a lot of guys are old and getting cooked. And you said that you wanted Malik Beasley to be your new Drew Holiday. Look, man, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So you don't have any elite defenders at guard. But at the same time, you got to look towards your head coach. Uh, you know, I think defense is like, you can coach defense. A, a coach can get you to play defense. God damn it. Ime Udoka has the Rockets playing defense. And I don't think any of them are like, all of them are like barely legal to drink. Young guys don't play defense, but Ime Udoka's got it done. Missoula's got his guys playing defense. So, and, not, and to Missoula's credit, every time he put, every, at all times, when he has five guys out there on the court, at least his starting five, they're all like all defensive team caliber. So like, not Porzingis, but Porzingis is a good rim protector. That boy is barbecue chicken on the post. I ain't gonna lie, especially against like the, the top dogs. But back to the point, um, Chris, what do you? I would say, what do you think probably went into this firing? What do you think about Doc replacing him? And just overall, what what went bad? What went sour? Even though they were second in the East and they just blew out Boston like last week, I think they needed somebody to blame for the defense. That's really what I think happened. Honestly, they needed somebody to blame because it's such a big drop off from last year. But I think one thing you noted that was really important is, bro, you can, the Lakers' problem is that a lot of the defenders are older. That's why we look to Cam Reddish to be a defender. You cannot have Malik Beasley as your top guy. As a Lakers, as a LeBron fan who likes the Lakers now, you I've watched Malik Beasley play defense, and I think he tries most times, but he cannot be a lockdown guy. And they have the same problem a lot of the teams have where if you put a lockdown defender on the court, you have to take off an offensive threat. And you can't do that because you have to keep up with scoring because you can't defend. Andre Jackson, the best defense defender on that team, because Pat Conson took a step back. A lot of people took a step back. But Andre Jackson can't play as much because you need the shooting of Beasley. Chris Milton has to play. And there's no other place for him. So I think at, at some point, I mean, I think at that point, uh, Agent Griffin's hands was tied. And I, I feel bad for him because I feel like 30 and 13 isn't a, a fireable record. Not fireable record, but it's not a record you see somebody get fired with often. Second in the East is not something you see. So it was just weird to see. Um, I don't know how much better it's going to get because you're not, unless you're going to go trade for more pieces, like the team you have now, they were winning because of the way they were playing. Like on At home, they were really good on the road. They were kind of iffy. But I mean, first year head coach, I feel like, I feel like it's unfair. Uh, to be honest with you. Um, but also, I think what you said is also true. Maybe the locker room wasn't really feeling them like that. Maybe maybe a change of scenery could. I mean, maybe uh, Joe Prunty, who I know has been an assistant for a while, maybe you can get them to, to buy in or something like that. But um, I just think it was unfair. Um, I, I don't know where they go from here um, as far as, like, making change. I think they were doing pretty well. So I think they continue to do pretty well. You just have to see, like, you know, for the good teams, the Celtics, Bucks, 
Nuggets. You know, that those times, it matters when you're in the playoffs. So at the end of the day, we'll see. And as long as you have Dame time, a proven clutch performer, I think you should be in into any game. So um, it was just weird to see. I, I I don't know if it was fair. It just sounded like – I mean, it feels like like a, a scapegoat type of thing. Or or the top player doesn't like him. That's my guess. Because I've seen Giannis and Adrian have a little back and forth. I've seen that. So maybe it could have been we want to make the, the star player happy. Streets are saying he tried to put Thanasis in a in a in a trade package. Streets are saying he tried to cut Thanasis and Giannis executive Kumpo that wasn't having none of it. I, I wouldn't be surprised, bro. I wouldn't because because you know if you cut Giannis, you know what you, I mean, cut Thanasis, you know what you can do. Find somebody that can probably play defense on that fifteen spot. You probably could. Look, man, Thanasis. I bet Thanasis just because he's like a raw athlete. I think he could play defense, but he gives you he nothing. Can. He gives you negative production on offense. So it's just, but like Yo, his hyperactivity, he, he could be like a, he could be like a Jared Vanderbilt. But like Vanderbilt, at least every now and then, dude hits a corner three. Like, he can at least make layup. Yeah, dude. Yeah, everybody say he might be the funniest person ever to watch play basketball. He he's like putting he's me in a seven footer body. Dude, he's <laughs> hilarious. He has like a middle schooler's skill set. But he's built like one of the, like the strongest humans on the planet. So like, uh, nah, built he's like hilarious. Dan, unfortunately, plays like Ronaldo Bachman. <laughs> Said Danny, what I wanted to ask you was, you have you have Doc Rivers' firsthand experience, and so do I. Um, and so does Chris because I bet he watches a lot of Clippers games. Being a hater, so Danny, what do you think? Does what what can Doc Rivers even provide for this Bucks team that that Adrian Griffin like couldn't get out of this team? Do you think like maybe from like a veteran standpoint, he could maybe just get some out of them? I mean, I've seen some of the huddles. Doc Rivers literally told the Sixers, he's like, "It's up to y'all. It's up to." I'm like, "Dog, no, it's up to you." Like, but Danny, uh, I want to hear your thoughts on a potential Doc Rivers replacement. Yeah, this is horrible. Um, straight up, this is horrible. Um, you take a guy who's led your team to the two seed. And you're replacing him with somebody who's notoriously runs teams with stars into the ground. And he's only has one championship ever without with, with stars. And it happened to be the one of the best starting fives, maybe even the best starting six, because you got of all time. You had Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo, Kevin Garnett. Big perk. The, the, big perk. The list goes on, dude. And that's the only time that they he's won a championship. He hasn't and it's, come close. Since. And it's he crazy. Has, he, they they should have won again. Yeah, he they hasn't came close Kobe. since. They should have beat Kobe in 2010. And I will never forgive Doc Rivers because Rajon Rondo was 100% winning finals MVP. And I am dying on that hill. That that started to shift to a – yeah, it's like Paul Pierce versus Kobe for like the first one because, you know, those were the two stars of the 2010s. I promise you it's going to start being Kobe and Rajon Rondo. But now nah, I, I agree. Like, I don't know. Like, Doc, we, we talked about this. Me, 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 we, we talked about this. Ty Lu, great manager of stars, horrible at coaching bums. Doc Rivers, great at coaching bums, can't manage stars because he can't get them to do what he wants. What do you think he's going to do in this situation? Damian Lillard's been around forever. Damian Lillard's going to do Damian Lillard things. Giannis, Giannis, you can't coach Giannis nothing at this point. Like, that's just he's a two-time two-time MVP, defensive player of the year, finals MVP. And you can't tell him nothing. I think a, a, I mean he's not available, but you know, 
Ty Lue would have been would have been a great coach for a group like this, but he's over there managing Kawhi, PG, Russ, Harden, Zubac, Daniel Tyson in the gang. So I, I agree. I, I don't I don't necessarily know. Like I just don't think you could you should have fired Griffin because what are your other options? You know, like maybe the defensive scheme isn't there, but your offense is phenomenal. The only thing I could criticize Adrian Griffin on on his offense is just run, pick, and roll more with Giannis and Dame. That should be the only play. It should be the only play come playoff time. But I don't know. We're going to have to see on that one. And then to wrap up NBA Weekly, just real short. Um, yeah, this is oh, oh, a quick thing. Uh, this, is, this is Giannis to his coaches. Yep, he's just like LeBron. Can't tell him nothing. That's the thing. That's why I think Ty Lu, one of the uh, only YouTube, him and Spo, YouTube, him and Spo, not copyright us. Yeah, Spo and Ty Lu. Why I think they really get like the you know the verify the check mark. First of all, LeBron tried to fire Spo. Spo proved him wrong. Spo been great ever since. And Ty Lu, while a lot of people come for Ty Lu's head, LeBron still continuously praises him. Because that's Ty Lue is. Like, he's just a great manager of stars. He don't try to be in the way too much. He going to get everybody to play defense. We're going to draw some stuff up on offense. But if I have LeBron James, if I got Kawhi Leonard, they might know a thing or two. I'm going to hear them out. And like Chris said a million times, great player coach. Real quick, before we wrap things up uh, on NBA Weekly, Joel Embiid. Um, just, just, just make the finals. If, if he... Just makes the finals. I'll shut my mouth forever. I just need a healthy playoff run. That's all I need. This dude is one of the greatest scorers of all time. Conference finals or NBA? No, he's got to get to the finals. He's got to get to the finals. He's got to win the East. Really, really, he should have to win the finals. But if he can get out of the finals with like a respectable performance. Let's say say he goes to the conference finals, plays the Celtics, loses in like seven – and puts up average 37 points a game. He'll have more respect. Like, if he has, like, a monstrous run and just ends up losing to a Celtics super team, then it's tough. I'll respect him, He, but I think at this point in his career, if he were to have a healthy playoff run and not cap it off with the finals, how many more chances are you going to get like that, bro? You're, you're going to be 30 next year. You're not going to be any healthier. I think he'll have a better longevity because he's able to shoot the mid-range and he's not going to have to, you know, be bruising, bumping and bruising down low for the rest of his career. But Yeah, y'all want to know who JoJo really is? Josh Allen. Josh Allen don't got MVP. He don't have an MVP, but he's got something close. But No, he he an MVP. Let's respect my boy. So That's wait, wait, wait. If Lamar is going to the Super Bowl this year, that means JoJo is going to the NBA Finals. Look, I'm not. I don't. I don't write Wattpad stories, dude. I'm just making comparisons. I don't write fanfics. Uh, but uh, speaking of Lamar Jackson, we might as well shift gears to the AFC title game, where the Chris. Baltimore Ravens will host Kansas City Chiefs. Lamar Jackson. The presumptual MVP takes on last year's MVP. Chris stretching. He's like he's about to get into a fight. Um, 
Uh, but uh, we started with Chris all throughout NBA week, so I want to start with Danny. Um, just what are your previews? What are your what are your keys to success for either team? Um, and yeah, yeah, I believe Mahomes is the only person ever in playoff history to record zero sacks and zero interceptions in three straight playoff games, which is absurd. He he was not sacked at all. He do, he doesn't turn the ball over in the playoffs. And that's what matters in the playoffs, man. Um, if you turn the ball over, if you, if you take sacks, you get behind the sticks, and your team can't operate effectively. And that's why the Chiefs team is always so good in the playoffs. But the Chiefs haven't played the Ravens defense. What Mike McDonald has done with this defense, the stunts that they're coming out with, with Owe, with Jabo, with their with Meta BK has transformed his game. I've never seen a D tackle go from average to superstar in a span of a year. He's getting the most out of Kyle Van Noy. Like, dude, he's he's getting every ounce of talent out of out of everyone he's got. And when one of your guys is Roquan Smith, and you're maximizing his talent, I send you all the graphic. Torn, the other day, dude, he's he's got Ray Lewis type stats right now, dude. <laughs> So I'll tell you this, though. I'm so torn because my heart tells me that the Ravens defense will get this done. But my brain says I've seen Patrick Mahomes dissect every single defense, no matter how good it is. Mahomes has always found a way to get it done in every big stage. But I think this this time he runs into a defense that's a little too strong. If if his receivers have any – ounce of a bad performance. The Ravens defense will capitalize. Kyle, I'm predicting Kyle Hamilton to have a phenomenal day, probably intercept Mahomes one time. If he turns the ball over, it's going to be Kyle Hamilton. Just wait. And if that happens, the Chiefs are going down the drain because Lamar will not let the Chiefs stay in the game when this happens. So that gets to my final prediction. And this final prediction comes right after I say – the Ravens will run the ball heavily, just like the Chiefs will. They've been leading on Pacheco. And get Mark Andrews if he's healthy, which I, I believe he will be playing this week. And you got to get your tight ends involved. Both teams, keys to success, get your tight ends involved. Both teams need to throw the ball heavily, get the tight ends involved. And you saw the Bills go pound for pound with the Chiefs. The Ravens need to do the same thing. Like so, so They have this power run game, but – if you need to, like, I'm, I wouldn't be afraid to abandon my identity because you got the playmakers on the outside to go make it happen. That gets to my prediction. I think the Ravens winning the first ever overtime playoff game with the new rules. Mm. 30, 31 to 28. Okay. So they get, the stop, they get the stop, they kick the field goal? Justin Tucker legacy game. That'd be nice. That would be nice. All right. Um, yeah, I, I I like I like a lot of the uh, a lot of the stuff you said. I mean, to really cap like, I watched a team that got seventy plus sacks in a season, not even touch them once, and you could have credit that to like a wet field or whatever. But like, no, not really. Uh, that one credit to that offensive line. But like to Mahomes, like when some when a quarterback has zero sacks, that's not necessarily always an offensive line thing. Not that at is all. just a quarterback getting the ball out of his hands, extending plays. Um, and like you said, with Mahomes taking zero sacks, no turnovers, but has like a million touchdown passes. I think 
what makes Mahomes so special is that he is a gunslinger that is efficient. So Josh Allen is like a gunslinger, but he's going to turn the ball over a lot. Um, and I think Mahomes has the ability to make those groundbreaking throws, but he's efficient. He's, he's not going to turn it over. I mean, last week, 22 minutes of offense, 27 points was only outgained by seven yards Threw for more yards than Josh Allen. And it just simply took advantage of every single opportunity they had. They really should have put the, the game away, but Andy Reid thought it was a good idea to season on the line. McCole Hartman, I trust you. No. But, um, yeah. But I want to speak to Chris. Um, I mean, I bet nobody is more nervous than Chris right now. Uh, you do have the MVP. You have the best defense in the league. Best linebacker duo in the league arguably the best safety in the league. Uh, you got Andrews coming back, likely Flowers, Odell, Nelson Aguilar, saying all these names, like all these dudes are like top tier guys, but they, they've been nice. But uh, I want to hear your thoughts on, on this game. And out of all those names you said, <clears throat> you missed one name that we don't have. Patrick Mahomes, that's the problem. That's what makes me scared. <laughs> like literally the guy, my auto. I mean, I, I mean you got you got the next best thing. You that's got the I'm next saying. best thing. <laughs> That's what I hope Mato shows up. You know, you've seen the State Park commercial. I hope oh, yeah, Mato shows Mato. up. I hope he shows up. But no, in all reality, um, it's if if it is a team that's going to beat them, it's going to be the Ravens because the Chiefs win this game, they're gonna win the Super Bowl. No, I don't think the Chiefs, I mean the Lions or the Fortnite would beat uh Patrick Mahomes. I don't think so. So I think this is the best shot for it to happen. Um, only thing is, I think the thing that scares me most is that the defense has been so stellar all year without hiccups, and I would hate for the hiccup to be this game, you know, or at least for them to be able to put up a comfortable, like, like Danny, I like your score prediction, but if it's a comfortable 28, if they don't have to, like, really get down and get some fourth and ones or, you know, like, really have to work for it, then I think that's trouble. But, you know, in, in saying all that, I do have faith in my team. I do. And I've watched them all year. I've, I've watched them since I was eight years old. And at the end of the day, one thing I know is that defense is going to come to play. And I'm almost 100% sure Ray Lewis is going to be the legend of the game for this game. If Ray Lewis comes out for the game, Roquan Smith already off off those smelling salts on the sideline, him and Brent Urban, he's going to be off something else. So I already know that's going to gas him up. And I'm also looking forward to um, Pacheco and Roquan Smith meeting in the in that, in that place and creating a black hole or creating that that same blow up that happened in Dark Knight. Like, I'm looking we'll, forward to we'll that. We'll all happen. cease to exist. <laughs> Literally, we'll be done. It'll be like the Thanos snap. Um, but yeah, I'm just excited to see. I'm excited to see a good game, bro. Honestly, and I want my team to win. Of course, I think we're going to win. Um, but I just want to see a good game. I want to see the two best quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion, duke it out and see what happens. Um, I want to see uh, which playmaker makes the most plays at the end of the day. And and I think I, I think Lamar pulls it out because I think this is the year. I think Lamar and team John Harbaugh the most, knowing that this is the time to do it. If not, if it's any if it's any year, Mahomes has looked beatable. It is this year. You don't have to worry about Joe Burrow. He's out the way. Allen's out the way. Like, this is your one thing. I think I think everyone knows like it's time to buckle down and win. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna go with my Ravens. I'm gonna go 31-20. I think Roquan and defense, Roquan and the defense does really well. Um, I'm looking for some big plays out of um some some unfamiliar names recently. I think I think Odafe is gonna have a big game. I think so. Um, I'm looking for Matt Abike to have a big game. I'm looking for um, I'm looking for what the linebackers can do over the middle of the field because at the end of the day, if we can keep Kelsey under wraps, I think that's going to be the most important because I'm not necessarily as terrified of Miko Hartman and, and Rushy. I love Rushy Rice, though. 
I'm not necessarily as terrified of them as I am of, of Kelsey. So I think if we can keep the middle of the field, um, you know, kind of under wraps, I think we'll be in good shape. So uh, y'all go with 31-20 um, Ravens on, on our way to Super Bowl. I like that. And you brought up a really good point uh, about the receivers because here's the thing. Kelsey's going to be guarded by Kyle Hamilton. He's going to get a mix of Patrick Queen, going to get, you know, Roquan. You got a lot of bodies throwing him. Um, if Marlon's back, he'll probably be guarding Rasheed Rice. Um, I think y'all know who's going to win that one. Um Unless Marlon like tweaks a calf or anything, you know, knock on wood, you know, God forbid. Uh, but um, I, I I love both of y'all points. Um, oh, one more thing too, Tom. I think yeah, it's a big Geno, a big Geno Stone game as well, because I think the nickel, our nickel coverage is going to be really important with how, um, even with the Chiefs receivers not being as effective as usual, how they spread the field like that, and how they have to like to run like you know special plays and special sets. I think it's gonna be a really big day for Geno Geno Stone to be able to um you know just just be that backup to Kyle Hamilton and, and Marlowe if he stays if he's able to play the whole game. Just like him being there is gonna be very important because those slot receivers, those are guys you can kind of lose lose track of when you're watching the Rushy Rice and, and Travis Kelsey. So I think that's important too my bad. I'm done. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, you're good. for sure. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you got the number one defense in sacks and pressures and all that in the Ravens. People don't realize this year, the Chiefs are number two. The Chiefs are right behind them. The Chiefs, the Ravens haven't played this elite defense in a long, in a while. And the last time it did, they played the Browns. And they actually lost that game 33-31. Yeah, I was but saying in a problem, shootout. In a ironic shootout, enough. ironic enough. And this is the biggest sell job ever by the Baltimore Ravens. And the problem is, if you're if you're going to sell to a team, it's going to be the Chiefs because they take advantage of every single one of your mistakes in the playoffs. Minimize if you're the Ravens, got to minimize mistakes, take care of the ball, let the punter punt the ball away, and play tough defense. Force six and outs for Mahomes. Let, let him get a first down, stand your ground, make him punt it away. Because Lamar, as much as Mahomes can bust a big play at any time, Lamar can do the same thing on himself. Because you see, when it, once he gets to his feet moving, buttermilk chicken. Yeah, uh, I, I I definitely like all points. I really like how the – I like how the Ravens' defense matches up with the, the Chiefs' weapons – I think the Ravens are – the Chiefs are going to have to find a way to get the ground game going. Obviously, that's obviously key to playoff football. Um, but it's not going to be easy. The Ravens are second in rush EPA. The Chief, but the Chiefs, on the other hand, they're sixth in rush EPA. Um, so the Ravens' bread and butter, that is, you know, running the football, getting Lamar involved in the run game, um, you know – it's gonna it's gonna be like I think a slugfest. I think y'all are almost putting up too many points on the board. I think this is gonna be a good old fashioned like it's gonna get nasty. This is gonna get nasty, and uh, I'm gonna be honest, man. Patrick Mahomes is too good for this entire panel to be picking the Ravens. So I hate to do it, but I'm gonna go with the Chiefs, twenty to seventeen. And but I do have logic behind, uh, you know, he's Mahomes. Uh, th- that's not, you know, the only reasoning I do like the defense a lot. I think their defense is a lot better than Houston's. Um, and like Danny said, you know, the last time they seen a, a defense that good, they didn't necessarily lose because the other defense was good. Um, the Browns road defense is absolutely horrendous. Um, but I, I think Kansas city's 
defense has been really good all year. And what I really like most about the pass catcher so far these playoffs, Rasheed Rice. We were walking out of that wild card round like, yo, th- this the wide receiver one. This going to figure it out. Bro had like 44 yards next game. And MVS stepped up. MVS also has big playoff blood in him. Last game, he was nice. Last year's championship game, I think, had like eight catches for 112 yards, two tutties. Like he was, he was phenomenal. So I think it's just like Mahomes, okay, you're going to force me to make someone else beat you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure it out. It's really Brady-esque at this point. Brady, in the Super Bowl, said, I don't got Julian Edelman. He's out for the year on roids. Or it might have been the ACR. I, I don't remember. But he's dang. Super Bowl against the Eagles. I don't got I don't got jewels. I'm gonna make Chris Hogan, former lacrosse player. I'm gonna get him a hundred yards. Danny and Mendola. I'm gonna get you hundred yards. He's nice. What, he's nice though. Amendola nice. Amendola. I mean, he ain't like that. He wasn't like that. He ain't he ain't cooking what was probably the best defense in the league that year. You know, um, but it's got it's gotten to that point with Mahomes. Wild card round, we got Rasheed Rice looking like true wide receiver one. Round two, we got MVS, you know, catching bombs, making huge plays. Both of those games, he has Travis Kelsey out of nowhere looking like his old self. Caught two touchdowns. I, I think his ability to, I think him and Lamar both share this trait create playmakers turn other people into playmakers i think i like look as good as this ravens defense is they say nothing that he ain't ever seen before and i think you know he'll ain't gonna be easy he's not gonna just be able to get whatever he wants he might turn the ball over i trust lamar against this defense I, I trust Mahomes against Baltimore's defense a little bit more than Lamar against the Chiefs defense. And the reason being, it's it's kind of for the same thing. The tight ends, uh, the Ravens tight ends are going to have a little bit of a better day. But I mean, in terms of receivers, Zay Flowers is going to have to see Legereus Sneed, who has finally everyone starting to notice. that he, He's been one of the one of the better corners in the league, one of the best corners in the league for the past couple of years. Uh, his physicality could really get to a guy... Uh, like Zay Flowers, you know, throw everything off. I wouldn't be surprised if he lined up with Isaiah Likely sometimes. I don't know how much they'll in, infiltrate uh, Mark Andrews. But, yeah, I'm going to go Chiefs over Ravens 20-17 to 17, uh, because we can't all pick the Ravens. That's not fun. I can't change my pick from the original Super Bowl pick. Oh, not you have Ravens? Yeah, you have Ravens. Yeah. Look, I mean – we all did. Uh, look, how whatever this game goes, this is my official prediction. Don't worry about what my bracket says. I know it says Ravens. I, I'm not gonna toot. Look, if the Ravens win, I'm not tooting my own horn. Like I'm, I'm, I'm locking in. Like I'm picking the Chiefs. It is what it is. If it don't pan out, it don't pan out. I gotta own it like a man. Now to the other game, which might arguably be more intriguing because of how things went down last week. We have the San Francisco 49ers. We got the uh, Detroit Lions. Um, and the reason why I say I think it's a little more intriguing is because the Lions have looked really, really good on offense throughout the first two games. And the Niners might have been a little, a little rusty, almost lost to the Packers. 
I don't think they'll look as rusty. Obviously, next week, I don't think the forecast is rain. If it's raining, Purdy's losing. But um, I have a lot more faith in this Lions team than I originally intended for. I think Amon Ross St. Brown is stamping himself as a top five receiver. I, I mean, like I, I truly believe it. He's one of the best zone-up receivers, one of the best yards-after-catch guys. Jameer Gibbs is fully unleashed. He's he's entirely unleashed. They 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 took the collar off. They 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 let they unclipped the leash. This kid was getting whatever he wanted last week. And I think Aaron Jones, you know, the Packers kind of got away from him a little bit, but I thought Aaron Jones did a really good job. I think if the Lions, you know, can stick with this run game, use both your backs, but really use Gibbs. Um and it'll take advantage of the quick game. Um, I think the Lions have a decent shot. That being said, if I think I think their defense is going to provide pressure, I think Goff's not saying he's going to get flustered. Uh, he did a fine job against the team that blitzes the most last week. Um, I think that Niners off that that Detroit defense was given struggles through the first two games of the playoffs. The no one's going to give you more fits than Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, Brock Purdy. Like nobody's going to give you more fits than those guys. So I think I'm going to lean with the 49ers in like a 20, 20 I'll, I'll go 28 to 21, something simple. Um, and it's, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to lose because of golf. Like, I, I don't think that I, I think they're just going to, they're just, the Niners are just, they're going to do that defense in, and it's not going to be, um, and it's going to be difficult. Now, mind you, maybe I'm judging this Lions defense poorly uh, because they've just now really gotten uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson back. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go Niners 28-21. And whoever wants to take the floor next, feel free, please. Yeah, I'm going to take the floor next, I guess. Uh, so the San Francisco 49ers have been dominant in all aspects in the playoffs. Um, I mean, their run game, they can't, they, they, like you said, maybe I was cherry-picking, but they uh, they came back and won the game. They did not, so to say, come back and they punched the Packers back in the mouth pretty much. Yeah, they ain't like dominate, but look, they, they haven't got punched in the mouth all year. And yep. like every time they got punched in the mouth, they lost. They got punched in the mouth. They punched back. That, that's essentially the point I was getting at earlier. But, yeah, go ahead. And currently, they're playing a team that will punch them in the mouth and kick them in their face when they're on the ground. The Detroit Lions will go into Santa Clara and beat the Niners just because they have everything it takes to beat the Niners. They're built like the 2022 Eagles, and it smell, I smell blood in the water. All over it. It's smell you, you see the power run game. You see the D line coming alive in the playoffs. You see the mediocre cornerback room that is okay. That's it's just, it gets it done. You see the safeties that are strong. That's just how the Eagles were built last year to beat the Niners. And it just it smells exactly it smells exactly like the Niners are gonna lose to this team. And the only thing that the Niners have over the Lions, in my opinion. It's experience. Because I'm not going to lie, 
I would take Gibbs and Montgomery over over the whole entire running back room of San Francisco. Not yeah, McCaffrey. McCaffrey is way above it. But here's the thing: McCaffrey goes down, you're cooked. I, I think yeah, he's a, he is dealing with a little bit of quad issue, but he seemed to play perfectly fine through it. But no, not like, praying on anyone's downfall. I'm not gonna win. I they they have a lot more depth in Detroit. The receiving room is a lot better. Like as as it stands, the receiving room is a lot better. Debo's injured. I like. I mean, Kittle is evidently better than Laporta, but he's a rookie. He's a rookie phenom. It's it's, it's it's close. I mean, if Laporta is like a little bit healthier, I wouldn't be afraid to call it a wash. To be quite honest, Kittle's better in the run game. I'll give you. That's all I'll say. Um, the, my my, I said this last spring when we were talking about draft prospects. Nobody gives two shits about a tight end's blocking. Just like no one really cares about NBA players' defense. It's like Celtics and Mavericks fan arguing about Luka and Tatum. And Celtics fans are like, oh, well, what about defense? You only brought up defense because you know you're cooked on offense. (laughs) It's just like the Kelsey Kittle thing. You only bring up blocking because you know you are cooked in the receiving game. You don't really care. But, um, okay, but what's the score prediction before we hand it on over to Chris? The score prediction, the Detroit Lions will advance to play the Ravens in the Super Bowl where the Ravens steamroll them like like they did in the regular season, 28 to 21. Just like me, but opposite. Okay. All right, Chris, now time to talk about your two favorite quarterbacks, Brock and Goff. <laughs> yes, I'm hoping that this game ends uh, 3-0 to zero and both quarterbacks play terrible. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, um, I'm with Danny. I'm with the Lions, and I'm going to tell you why. If there's anything I hate more than Jared Goff, it is the analyst telling me Brock Purdy's better than what he is. And I'm not even a Brock Purdy hater. I'm not saying Brock Purdy's not better than Dak Prescott. Does that make me a Dak Prescott hater? Probably so. But this is the point. Of you it. are that. So we know that. <laughs> the, we know that. You are such um, a hater that you use voodoo magic. Like, I'm, I'm done hating on him. Then dude plays the the worst game of his career. So Reverse black magic. I'm like Mike Tomlin's cousin. Michael Tomlin. There we go. <laughs> but in, uh, um, in reality, though, I think it'll be a really good game. Um, I think... I think both offenses are offenses are really legit. I think the most underrated player in football <coughs> in this game, and that be Amon Ross St. Brown, I think he's the most underrated player in football. He is one of my favorite receivers to watch, and he catches everything that comes his way. I'm a big Amon Ross St. Brown fan. And for that reason alone, if Jared Goff can be the game manager that I know he is, that Cam Newton knows he is, he can spray the ball around Jameer Gibbs, St. Brown, Laporta and those guys, I think they can win. I think I think the Lions really can win this game. But saying that, they have to withstand the pressure of the 49ers. And also, they have to be able to stop the 49ers on offense as well. And the, the Detroit Lions has had times where their defense has looked great. They also have times where defense hasn't looked as great. So if, if the defense has one of those games where it's like they're not looking as great, they, they lose by two touchdowns. Easy. But if the defense can hold up their side of the bargain, which I think they will, I think Dan Campbell's such a locked-in coach. If there was another person that you can put in that body, if Dan Campbell could switch spots with a linebacker right now, he would. He's just so locked in. I think he's going to have a defense locked in. So I think this is a, I think it's a close one. But I'm, I'm going to choose the Lions in this game because um, I just I like their playmakers more. I like McCaffrey as a playmaker more than everybody else. But a Debo at 
not 100% is scary for me. I like Ayuk a lot, but I'm like I said, I'm Ross St. Brown's incredible to me. And Gibbs and Montgomery, that's 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 a beautiful tandem. So I think it's a close one. I think it's like 20 to 17. And this could definitely be wrong. Like I said, I think it's either going to be 2017 Lions or 34-17 uh, 49ers. So I think it's going to either go one of those two ways. Um, but I'm going to lean with my Lions picking and say they win by three just to keep the Cinderella story going. Everybody loves a good story. And, and me being everybody. I love a good story. I love a good narrative. And I love hating. So this is all three of those things in one. So I can do all those. Yeah, I would say I throughout the last two years specifically, I've not been big on the Lions just because I think everybody was like, I don't know. They were a nice underdog. They were. And they still are the underdog in this game. Don't get me wrong. But, like, it's just, like, people were getting the wrong idea. They were putting golf in conversations. He wasn't trying to – he was. He, he, don't want, he don't want that action. Um, I think Dan Campbell is a cornball, to be quite honest. But, like, you know, he's the perfect guy for Detroit. He's a hard-nosed type of guy. It's a good story. Um I, I I would cheer for them to win this game. You know, like y'all said, yo, they give off really they give off crazy 2017 Eagles vibes to me. Uh, you got a defense like a pass rush that's really picking it up in the playoffs. You just got your elite safety back who can play in the box, just like Malk, but you know, as Gardner Johnson. Uh, questionable corner play, but not horrible. Uh, you got a quarterback who is a absolute statue, but can sling that thing if you protect them right. Um, you got a Monra who acting like, I don't know, he better than everybody on the 2017 Eagles team. Everybody in that receiving room, so it don't even matter. Um, but, you know, I mean, look, they got good vibes. Um, I would love to see them win. I, I think the Niners are just overly stacked. They're going to be at home. You're not going to, and what kind of goes into my reason, you're not getting that same Niners team two, two times, like back-to-back. You're not getting that Niners team struggling that bad. So, like, for the Packers to not put the final blow on them, now everybody else is going to suffer the consequences because you didn't put, you know, like you you, you should have took him, like you know, you you should have cut my head off basically, and um, so yeah, but you know, all right, so basically, I have a Chiefs Niners Super Bowl. These guys have a Ravens Lions Super Bowl. Um. If y'all thought Philly winning a Super Bowl was bad, don't let Baltimore or Detroit get one. <laughs> Especially Detroit. You can't have shit in Detroit. So um, They would burn Detroit down. Come on, man. Nah, they would just take everything out of Detroit and put it on the outskirts of Detroit and just say you can't have nothing in Detroit. Um, but as we're talking about the high hopes of winning and beautiful things that could happen to a city that's never seen a Super Bowl title, we do have to talk about the divisional losers. Um, real quick, not going to spend a lot of time on these two guys. Packers, Texans, got a lot of cap space, got a young team. They do have some holes, but they got the cap space to figure it out. Vico Ryans, Matt LaFleur, me and Danny's respective coach of the year picks did a hell of a job this year. CJ Stroud, expect him to be in these games for the rest of his career. Jordan Love, same thing. Um, like I said, they need they they got holes, but they got the cap space to fix them. They got the right guys at the helm at quarterback. Not much time, not not much to spend there. We do got to talk about the Bills though, because um this is supposed to be their window. You got the the the, the elite quarterback, and uh, he's not to say he's not getting it done, but this team is just not getting it done in a time where this is their time. And I want uh, Danny get started off because he's actually the one that inspired 
uh, this this topic. Yeah, I actually believe that Josh Allen is the first first thing from the problem. His play style in the playoffs elevates. He doesn't turn the ball over. He is the key to this offense. I think you have to take a step back and realize maybe our defense isn't as good as we think it is. Maybe this aging defense that can turn on at some points that isn't fast, doesn't play fast. And they're always banged up. Always banged up. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe the problem is, aside from Stephon Diggs, who actually disappeared the last eight weeks of the season, we don't have someone to go get the ball, go go get it done. I mean, you had Khalil Shakir. He actually is probably – he played better than Diggs did in both playoff games. Stephon Diggs is about to be on the wrong side of 30. Yeah, and I I saw this on a TikTok. I can't remember the account name or anything, but they they appointed Diggs's fall off mid season was because Joe Brady has him running a, like a very low like you know yards per route, so his catch per route's lower. Um, and he had like a great year with Yak and everything. I don't necessarily know why. And it's not like thirty was was the exact reason, but um, I guess during that you know that time period when, when Joe Brady took over, you know, all that, it, it was more so catching shorter stuff, but yeah, I mean, still absolutely, you know, inexcusable. You could have won that game. You could just caught the ball. Uh, and he, he did hold himself accountable, obviously, but um, yeah, I think I would agree. I think you got to get a little younger on defense. Um, and you you got to kind of move forward. There are guys that just always banged up. Of course, you know, Matt Milano, you're always welcome back. You're one of the three best backers in football, but uh, you know, Trey White's always hurt, man. Look, he's phenomenal, but he's always hurt. Um, I think you just really got to get younger on that side of the ball. Offensively, you have to get a real wide receiver too. Like you really, really do. I- I'm I'm not sweating over Diggs, how he finished the year. I think he'll be fine. It, it cost him, but I think he'll be okay next year. I don't ever think he's really the problem. Gabe Davis is leaving. That's fine. You need to replace it with a real. I think Shakir can be. A, he can say he can be a good wide receiver three. I think he's really good. I think you need a more true wide receiver two. Problem is that cap space is a problem. You can't really go sign a guy like Tyler Boyd to go be your your wide receiver two. You can't really go sign T Higgins. Those guys want top dollar. Not not saying Tyler Boyd needs top dollar, but like you want him as a wide receiver two. It's going to cost because he is one of the best wide receiver threes, if not the best wide receiver three in the NFL. So. And that's the thing. They're the 30th in cap space. They're like negative 42 million. You're going to have to cut and trade and do a lot of it. And a lot of that's going to start with your aging stars and getting rid of those contracts, taking on some dead money. It could be, it could be a multi-year process to really fix up that defense. Um, yeah. You, you paid Von Miller, I believe a million dollars per tackle this year. Yeah, dude, uh, that signing, even at its time, it was horrible. One of the worst. One of the worst signings I've ever seen. One, okay, it does have his, it, it. It has opt outs. That's the only benefit. Well, fair then. Um, I would say, Chris, did you have anything to say about you know a potential Buffalo, like you know, not rebuild but refresh or anything at all about Josh well, Allen? Not much different than what y'all said. I think the biggest thing is they need to get a wide receiver too. Even past the defense, I think you need to get a wide receiver too for I think that helps Diggs. And uh I'll buy a group with the defense too. So yeah, y'all hit it on the hip. Yeah, I I would say positives about them. You still have Josh Allen, Dalton Kincaid, very solid rookie season. Dawson not him and Dawson Knox, very good tight end duo. That's something you can work around. 
Uh, James Cook, I did not think he would be that good this year. He definitely proved me wrong. I thought he's phenomenal. That's a guy you can go forward with. Um, but, you, you know, you got holes. But as for the Buccaneers, a lot of questions surrounding them. They have a lot of cap space. What are you going to do with Mike Evans? Are you giving Baker a, a longer-term contract? Um, Danny, what what do you see them doing? Do you see them maybe tagging Evans, you know, tagging Baker? Like, um, what do you think? What are the correct moves for the Bucks this offseason? I think the Bucks' priority should be dry, uh, sign, extend Baker Mayfield for a very long time. Uh, I think that he is their franchise guy. Um, I think he's proved that he, at the age of 27, 28, he's not too old. I think he, he can be in his prime and make this team a winning franchise in a weak division that has Bryce Young, Desmond Ritter, pending anyone else, maybe Justin Fields, and Derek Carr. Someone said that every person that Derek Carr's ever played with has mental health issues, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> Olave next. Yeah, so uh, he got arrested this year too. Uh, Antonio Brown, Chandler Jones, uh, Henry Ruggs killed somebody. Dude, he was dude. He was with Carr for like eight weeks, man, and they didn't even get to play a game together. <laughs> Antonio Brown know, really. He, he caught every, it the worst. He, he did call it catch the worst. He then he flew away. He said, "I'm free." Yeah, him and Chris Jones starring the CTESPN pod. <laughs> they got a uh, yo. Antonio Brown is hilarious. Yeah, bro. He's a, he's a good Yo. Twitter follower, but he is unfortunately a um, – Cooked. Yeah, he is a, a, unfortunately a sex offender to the public. So, and, uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't yet, to our listeners, listen to Bill Belichick by Chandler Jones. Elite video. Oh, uh, no. That was, oh, my God. But anyway, back to, back to the moral story. I don't know about Baker being a franchise guy, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I think – Maybe give him like a three-year deal, two, three-year deal. Maybe draft a guy, another former Oklahoma quarterback. You know, uh, anyway, but I think they should look to draft a guy. Um, Are you talking about Caleb Williams? I'm kidding. <laughs> nah, uh, you know what I'm talking he about. He LSU legend Jaden Daniels, that's all. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> Y'all know who I'm talking about. I'm trying Netflix to keep legend, the, I'm trying to keep his name count to a minimum, but uh, I, I do think they should maybe look for a quarterback in the later rounds. I don't think Kyle Trask is an option. I don't think Baker's a long term option. Um, they're not, but they, but I mean, hey, they they won what nine, ten games this year. You won a playoff game. You were competitive in the second one. Uh, you're a Baker Mayfield CTE moment away from maybe a game tying drive. I mean, not really the fall. He was pressured and everything, but. Um, I don't know. They're, they're not to say they're in no man's land. They're in a positive spot, but uh, and then got cap space to figure things out. Uh, I'm hearing Mike Evans is an Atlanta Falcon. I'm hearing he going home. I'm hearing he going to Houston. Him, Nico Collins, Tank Dell, GGs. That team. I think that team. That team could go to a championship game. And it wouldn't Mike Evans went to the Super Bowl. Mike Evans could go simply join the best quarterback in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes and be unfair. But y'all don't want to see that. No, he's weird. If he does that, he's weird. Certified. <laughs> Certified weirdo. I hope his 1,000-yard streak ends when 
Travis tells Taylor to put him on a like Selena Gomez or something. Yo, have y'all be? Do you all see the Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift stuff on Twitter? People he posted. Yeah, because he said images. Yeah, that's stop. Anyway, yeah, it's oh. not. Don't bring that up. That's weird. That's, that, people who even type absurd. up that stuff. People, no, are, people are just crazy. weirdos. People aren't crazy. They're weirdos, and they need to be put in mental hospitals. Like, what even makes you type that into a? AI generator. You're just weird. You have sick fantasies. Um, however, though, Travis Kelsey is a hashtag certified freakazoid because he said he's looking forward to t- uh, Valentine's Day with Taylor Swift. He said he got some extra special. What's that mean? What is wrong uh, with you? He's just anyway. saying, shut your mouth, jabroni. Yeah. Um, this We were talking about the divisional losers. Instead, we're talking about potential the Travis winners. Kelsey yeah, Travis, potential Travis Kelsey Valentine's Day fantasies. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the last part. Championship weekend hot takes. Don't think anybody's hit last week. From I was close. Knowledge. I said that Lamar would throw for five, to, uh, five account for five total touchdowns. He had four. Yeah, four. He was close. He was close. That yeah, that's indeed. I don't even remember what. I don't even remember what I said. That's how ass it was. Um, but. Uh, I guess this week, um, okay. This week, my bold prediction will be that Jared Goff and Brock Purdy will both throw for over 300 yards, both throw three touchdowns, and yeah, that's that. Both of them have Fantasy Day Masterclass. Anybody, anybody can go next. No matter. I mean, yeah, my hot take this, this is, is what we're wrapping it up with. Pat, Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson will combine for five uh, touchdowns. They will combine for five. Mm-hmm. Might as well up it to six. Make it even. I was about to say six, but I was like, you know what? Six. They're gonna combine for six. Six touchdowns. Yeah, that, that's my thought. I think. I think they both. I think Pat Mahomes gets a touchdown with his legs. I think Lamar gets one too, and I think they both throw for two. That's my okay, so we'll put it that way. So it's more specific. Yeah, that one. Both that rush one, yeah. for one, and then, and then they both have two touchdown passes. There we go. Yeah. And Danny, Brock Purdy has three total turnovers: two in the air, one on the ground. So you think he's coughing up the rock? He's just gonna fumble. Somebody's gonna kill him. He's, he's scared. He's gonna be scared once he sees Aiden Hutchinson in his face. Aiden Hutchinson has brought winning back to Detroit, in not only for Michigan, but for the Lions. And I think they get it done. Uh, I think the Lions advance, but then you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, lose to my king, uh, which I don't know why he's my king, uh, Lamar Jackson, because I'm a Steelers fan. But I love Lamar Jackson like he like like he's a like he's a brother to me, you know. King Marmar. <laughs> I was just about to. Say. I've been calling him Marmar the entire season. That's just Marmar. But um, eight ball. Hey, yeah. he's my I mean, brother because we we both are eight ball. You are not eight ball. That is indeed true. Danny Cole, Danny Amendola, I fear. Greater than. <laughs> Danny. Bro, you are you are retired with three children, bro. Give it up. Cole Mendola was not- lit, though. That is lit. That that is great. Cole Mendola. Like Cole that Mendola. Is That's cool. <laughs> you could've, he couldn't have thought of that when he was actually still playing. My friend used to call me uh D. Cole Hartman. D. Cole Hartman, yeah. That's bro, tell, him, tell him tell him respect you right now. Don't ever have him <laughs> don't ever compare you to that bum. 
Um, y'all got anything to say before we uh, get on get on out of here? Nope. Uh, just NBA while y'all firing coaches. Uh, don't forget, it's the team over there in L.A. They can use a change. Uh, just letting y'all know, if y'all still firing Tyloo's coaches. doing just fine. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah, about? he's doing great. The other one with the hands in the pocket. That guy. Hot pockets. Ham pocket. Hitch. Is LeBron allowed to coach? Bill he Russell might as well, bro. Like Bill He, he might as well. McField handed the assistant. Like, at this point, bro, at this point, what do you have to lose, man? Just make him a player coach. That's what I'm saying. He can go be Cause, on. Because who, who is going to deny him anyway? Who gonna say make, no AD, to make AD an assistant coach. And then, and then bam. Then he has a with the stylist. Easy. Then bam <laughs> yeah, oh, wait, 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 wait. Real, real quick. I wanted to ask you about that. It looked – everyone said, like, D'Lo looked really emotional after the game. Apparently, it's yeah. like, oh, maybe he knows he's getting traded. Do you want D'Lo traded? Me, personally, no. No. no I, feel, no. I feel like a lot of Lakers fans are like, oh, get his ass out of here. He's too inconsistent. But I'm like – He shouldn't be a starter. the only playmaker you have outside of He should not be LeBron. a starter you for that reason. Him. For that reason. We need him for that reason. That's why he needs to be the sixth man and be the playmaker off the bench. But Ham Pockets doesn't know what the, he's doing. So now it's D'Angelo Russell's fault to everybody else. I so think you what, keep D'Lo. You keep him. So what you're saying, okay, maybe move LeBron for the starting unit, move LeBron to the one. Yep. And then you'll have what Reeves, Reddish when he gets back, AD, and I'd say Vando. And this this is my first sub. I'll, I'll let you know. So th- th- I thought about this. Okay. So yep, Vando, yep. I would say Vando and Reddish on the court. It's ironic because Reddish is there to be a shooter, but like the spacing is brutal because like he can't shoot. Mm-hmm. And then I guess your first couple guys off the bench, D'Lo, Prince. No, uh, other way around. I would start, I would go Bron, Reeves, Rui. Okay. AD, Reddish. So I go that five to my first sub off the bench. First two subs, Denzel Russell, uh, Christian Wood. And you bring D'Lo in for LeBron, you go sit LeBron, and then you have Reeves, then you have uh, Wood, then you bring in Vanderbilt as well. So then you bring in defensive offense together. I think that's the problem with Ham's, what he's doing right now. It's either all defense and one offensive player, or it's all offense and one defensive player. I think it has to be more of and I think you have Andy Davis and LeBron James. You have the ability to have options like that, to play it more like that. So I think you have to have more of a mixture and not just go, oh, we're going to just go all defense here. We're going to just go all tall. Hey, hey, but but you heard him, though. We got to decide what we want to be. 43 games into the season, we got to decide what we want to be, guys. Yeah, I, That's I, I don't Robert know if it's up to him or the coach. I, I thought Darvin Dar- Dar- Ham was the coach. I'm not sure. I, I don't but know. I, I, I do want to – hey, applaud to you, though, because growth. You put Rui in the lineup. That's I did. Growth. Yeah, and, That's and you know growth. why? You know At least why you, I, he is a good rotational player, though. And I'll he tell you like, why. Yeah, I see why. Get up that trade value to get him up out of here. So you got to give him. I tell you what, nobody, nobody's trade value higher on that team right now than D'Lo. But again, I don't want to see D'Lo go either. When they first mm-hmm. traded for him last spring or last mm-hmm. trade deadline, I'm like, it's just perfect. It's beautiful because he's not taking up a lot of shots. When his three is falling, my God, like he's just gonna let it fly. He single-handedly won them a playoff game or, like, extended it to the point where the Grizzlies couldn't come back last year. He hit three straight threes in transition. You got to have someone who can shoot unconscious like that, but also kind of know he don't got it going. Maybe I need to get to the rim, or maybe I got to feed Anthony Davis. Um, But I, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see how the Lakers going to fight back. Um, I, I don't know how much – I mean – it's tough when LeBron is giving out public endorsements of Darvin Ham. So it's like, how do you feel? Like, what do you actually feel about Ham? Like, I feel like maybe he likes Ham because maybe LeBron has a lot of power in this, but I'm not exactly sure. 
Um, I mean, I think it's a good, uh, it's a very good Thanksgiving dinner food. Darvin ham. Darvin ham. Hmm. Darvin ham and cheese. Darvin ham hot pocket. Darvin hands in the ham pocket. I don't know, Ben. Get that dude out of here. Um, shout out LeBron, man. He would love Joe Mazzula. Facts. He'd LeBron love him more than me, would, at least. He he would love uh, Nick Nurse really much. Nah, Nick Nick Nurse would make the bro play defense. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm pushing that agenda, LeBron to, to Philly trust. <clears throat> yeah, LeBron I mean, yo, that, I remember when he when he when he what like during that you know summer 2018 free agency, Bronny was on a visit to Malvern Prep, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah, LeBron coming here." I'm like, "Dog, first of all, let's lock in." Five-star athlete Bronny James is not going to Malvern Prep. (laughs) First of all, (laughs) like that's not happening. (laughs) If he's going anywhere, it would be like to Brewster. No, Brewster. I'm tripping. Brewster isn't even uh, out there. I forgot. I don't even know where he would go for ball around here. To be quite honest, Um, so he would go play. He would go joined uh, Pacer legend Isaiah Wong at Bonner and Prendergast. Yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Let's respect my boy. Good thing he went to Sierra Canyon. Um, and, yeah, E-balling at USC. Shout out to him. The only the only college role player that, like, actually has haters. That's unreal. But, um, yeah. But thank you guys for tuning in, uh, especially to this extra yap session. Look, if you're watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe. We're getting new subscribers every single week. We really appreciate y'all. Um, you know, make sure you keep following up. Hit those post notifications. If you're watching, listening to this on audio platform, please like, leave a five-star rating, download. Make sure you follow us on Apple Pies, on Spotify. Uh, we really appreciate all the love that uh, y'all been giving us. Um, anything y'all want to see out of us, please just comment, you know. Uh, anything say before we get on out of here? All right. From AP New Freezer, cultured by Migos and DC Comics. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week.